kids. Man, aren't they awesome? Man, they're so much fun all year round, but especially at Christmas time. Am I right? Well, it's good to see y'all. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? I want to take a moment and invite you and your family and your friends to come out to be a part of Christmas at Journey next weekend. Uh, we are actually having it during our Sunday morning services, 845, 1030, 1215. And on your seat today, everybody got one of these cards uh, with the service times on it. And I want to ask you to go and invite one person, one family member, one coworker to come with you next weekend uh, to be a part of this awesome experience. We're going to have a blast next weekend as we come together and we sing some special songs. I want to tell you, you, you may want to be in your seat uh, not, not me, you definitely want to be in your seat by the time that the countdown is finished because the opener is absolutely amazing. And then one of my favorite parts, we not only sing uh, songs together, Christmas songs and have a Christmas message, but we have a candle lighting ceremony at the end and it is absolutely beautiful uh, as we do that every year. And then at the conclusion of the service, we have Christmas cookies and hot chocolate for everybody. And so I encourage you, come next weekend, it's going to be a great experience as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Take that card. It's easy to take and just kind of get in the car and put it on the seat and forget about it. But take it and, and think of one person that you can invite and go make a personal invite. Invite them to come and sit with you. Now, I'm going to encourage you, if they go to church somewhere else, do not invite them to come with you if they go to church somewhere else. Uh, tell them to go enjoy their church. Go find somebody who doesn't go to church anywhere. We, we, or maybe somebody who is de-church, used to go to church but doesn't anymore. Uh, there are a lot of people uh, that are, are looking for or have a heart to be in the house of God. And I would encourage you, let, let's do our part to invite them. That sound good? Now, I do want to take a moment to invite any, uh, welcome, not invite, welcome any first-time guests that we have here today. My name's Jay. My wife Stacy and I are the lead pastors here, and it's so good to have you with us. We hope that you feel right at home. Do me a favor before you leave. Take out a Connect card. That's one of the cards right in front of you, and fill it out. Uh, and on your way out here in a little bit, stop at our Welcome Center in the foyer. And if you drop that card there, uh, our, our workers there have a gift that they want to put in your hands. Just a simple way that we can show you how much we appreciate you for coming out to be a part of our service today. And then also I want to welcome those who are joining us online right now. I've got a lot of people who join us uh, on our streaming, uh, the streaming part of this service. So let's put our hands together and give them a great big welcome this morning. So good to have you with us today. Now, we're in the year of the Bible. Uh, we, over the last couple of weeks, we did one, the first Sunday in December we did on the book of Revelation. Uh, the second Sunday last week, we looked in the book of Jonah. Today, we're going to kind of be all over the place because as we're preparing for Christmas, there are just some things that the Lord's put in my heart that I want to share with you. And one of the things that I love about Christmas is that everybody gets excited about gifts. How many of you in here like gifts? Come on, be honest, okay? A lot of people are like, no, I prefer it's better to give than to receive. I, I get all that. How many of you in here like to give? But I, how many in here, now come on, be honest, like to receive, uh-huh. Even if you're not raising your hand, really, you do. Because we like to get gifts, am I right? It's fun, it's awesome. It's like, you know, unless it's like a crazy sweater from your Aunt Martha, you know. You, you love that gift, you know, it's awesome. Because we like gifts. One of the greatest gifts I ever got, my parents surprised when I was like eight years old. On a Christmas morning, I got a two-man pup tent, and that was the coolest gift in the world. It was raining outside. We couldn't go outside to put it up, so my dad helped me put it up. 
in the living room, and, and I'll remember that for the rest of my life. It's one of the gifts I love to get. Uh, I got a gift. Stacey and I have a gift that's coming uh, any day now, and uh, very excited about that. I, I sat down next to Brittany just a few minutes ago, and I said, no baby yet, and she's like, eh, you know. So she's ready to have that baby, and we are so ready to meet little Miss Olivia Blake, but that is going to be the greatest Christmas gift of all that we could ever imagine within our family. We got this little little thing going on within our house. We got the stockings on the, the mantle, and we have Olivia, Olivia Blake's in the middle. Well, the boys took it, and they t- you know moved it. They took it and flipped it around. They were like, uh, no, Dad, we go here. <laughs> so they kind of went back and forth. So I took all theirs down and just left hers. <laughs> That's what I did. Yeah, we'll, we'll fix that. But, you know, Christmas is just one of those awesome seasons. And, and gifts, it's a tremendous part of the season. In fact, uh, I want to read this to you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It's just a, such a powerful scripture. It says, for it is by grace. Everybody say grace. grace. You have been saved. It's not through your effort. It's not through your works. It's not through you trying to be a, a good person. It is by grace that you are saved. It's because Jesus went to the cross and gave his life and, and, and he poured out his forgiveness and his love and his grace over your life. It's your choice to surrender everything that you are to him. But it's by grace, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Everybody say gift. Now, here's what I want to do. Those two words, gift and grace. Let's think about those for a moment. Because you got to have grace. Am I right? We need grace. And here's the thing, especially during the holidays. We need grace because sometimes we're around difficult people. Am I right? Yesterday, I'm sitting in traffic and somebody just started hawking at somebody for no reason. No reason at all. And I'm like, I'm like turning, I'm like, what are you doing? What even a Christian honk, you know? You know what a Christian honk is? It's like, you know, you're like, honk, honk. You're like, let's go. No, it was like, like, honk. Like, hands waving, finger motions, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, what in the world? And, and we need grace in those moments. Am I right? And we need grace, especially as families coming together. Aunt Martha brings that sweater for you. You got to have grace. You got crazy Uncle Harry who comes around. And he's, everybody's got difficult family members. Am I right? How many of y'all have at least one crazy family member? Come on. Okay. Those of you who didn't raise your hand, you're the, you're the crazy family member, okay? You're the one. It's you. And we have to have grace. It is a wonderful thing, especially during the holidays. We have to have the grace as we're walking through life with people all around us. And here's the thing. I want to tell you this because we're talking about, we got grace, but gifts, gifts are great. But you got to be careful not to get caught up in the commercialism of the holidays. It seems like, I was talking with somebody earlier, and it seems like every year it gets worse and worse. Uh, Christmas gets a little, you know, earlier. You're like going and shopping for like, you know, to get a new swimsuit in July, and they've already got Christmas stuff out. And uh, it, it seems every year. So you got to be careful not to get caught up in the commercialism of it. And you got to remember that the primary gift is the gift of grace that's been given to us through Christ. He came to this earth, was born, and he came to give us life and, and to bring forgiveness to us, to give love to us. And it's all born within our lives through grace. And so we have to remember that Jesus is the reason for Christmas. Am I right? 
We remember that. We can't lose hold of that. It's got to be a part of who we are as believers. And and, and here's the thing. We think about, we, we talk about grace a little bit. Let's go back to gifts. How many of you in here, when we talk about gifts, how many of you already have all your Christmas shopping done? Okay. How many of you have all your gifts wrapped under the tree? Okay, you need help. Okay, I'm just saying. You do. All right, come see me after church. I'll pray for you. There, how many of you in here have not done any shopping yet? What in the world? It's like a week away. And there are some of you, you have all year long, okay? And you're going to wait till Christmas Eve. And you run into the store, you're looking for that spot, that parking spot, and, and you're like, you're praying. You know, you, you pray, you know, a long time, you pray, Lord, give me a spot, please. I need a miracle. It remind me of Boudreaux out Christmas shopping for his wife. And he, he waited till Christmas Eve. He's out driving around, couldn't find a, a parking spot. He's praying. He said, Lord, he said, I, I need to get something from Marie, Lord. I, I need a parking spot. If you help me find a parking spot, Lord, I, I, I'll, I'll quit lying. I'll start going to church. I'll start being good to Marie. About the time a spot opened up, he said, never mind, Lord, I found a spot. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, okay? That is funny. Now, here's the thing. You think about Christmas. We think of gifts. We think of grace. But what is Christmas? What is Christmas? Is it about baking Christmas cookies with family? It's about putting up the Christmas tree. Is it about decorations? Is it about getting the family together? Is it uh, you know Christmas carols? Is it Hallmark Christmas movies? Lord, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, Hallmark Christmas movies. I already put a post on Facebook early on in the season. Help me, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> my wife loves them. How many of y'all here love Hallmark Christmas movies? Okay. Oh, man, I'm outnumbered. <laughs> but... The other day, Stacey and I, we were watching, we actually, I sat and I, she said, please, please just watch a movie with me. All right. So I watched two. I was getting some credit in there. I, I, I watched two, and the first one, they lied about, they were fake engaged, okay? They were, you know, engaged, but it wasn't real, and they're lying to their family members, their friends, their bosses, their coworkers, and then in the end... They found love. <laughs> they got married. The second one that I watched, they lied about dating. They weren't engaged. They noticed the, the, the similarity in the storylines. Uh, they lied about dating and lied to all their friends, their family members, their co-workers, their bosses. And then in the end, they found true love. And Stacey, we got through and she said, what would you think? I said, what I think is Hallmark Channel just taught me that if I lie to everybody, my boss, my co-workers, my friends, my family, I'm going to find true love. <laughs> and she said, whatever. <laughs> so w- what is Christmas? You know, we, we look at Christmas, we, we, we have all these family traditions, but I, I want to think about it in this, in this mindset. If the Bible was a play you'd have five acts to it, okay? Now, there's a lot that goes in here, and bear with me. Some of y'all are going to be like, well, you missed something. But here, here's basically what the breakdown would be. The first act would be God created man, Adam and Eve, okay? 
And uh, that, that's the whole first act. He created them, put them in a garden. Absolutely amazing, beautiful. The second act is that man decided that he did not want to do what God wanted to do. What do we call that? The fall. Okay, He, he fell from, from being in relationship with God. Sin entered the scene. That's the second act. So we, we look at that and say, okay, well, what is the third act? Well, the third act actually is Christmas. That's when Jesus stepped out of the glory and the beauty of heaven and came to this earth as a human being to eventually go to the cross and give his life for us. And, and then, so the third act, that's Christmas. Here's the fourth, that's Easter, because Jesus at Easter, he went to the cross, he bled, he died, they put him in a grave, and three days later, resurrection power was within his life. He was resurrected from the dead. So that's the fourth act in the play. Now here's the fifth one, and this one is what is dependent on us, is eternity. You say, well, what, what is eternity? Well, eternity, because everybody thinks, well, well, everybody goes to heaven, right? Well, there's a doctrine called universalism where, yeah, everybody goes to heaven. That is false doctrine, because when you think about eternity, heaven or hell, here's what that happens. It's our decision as to what that looks like. If we will receive what Jesus did for us at Easter time when he came to this earth and went to the cross and gave his life and he died and that resurrection power that brought him back from the dead uh, can be very real within our life and bring life to us through faith in Christ, that is eternity. That is the decision that we make to surrender our life to Christ. So eternity, that's the fifth act, and it's our decision as to what that actually looks like for all of us. So here, here's where it kind of breaks all that down together. Philippians chapter 2. I want to read this to you. We're going to look at about five verses of Scripture here. If you don't have your smart device with your Bible app or your Bible, no worries. You can just follow along on the big screen. But I encourage you, bring your Bible to church with you so you can go through it, underline stuff, take notes, all that good stuff. And electronics, good. But man, I'm a paper kind of guy. I like papers. I can write stuff. And here's what Philippians chapter 2. It takes all that, brings it together. And it says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What a beautiful passage of scripture that is. Let me say this to you. I, I would much rather you declare that Jesus is Lord of your life now, okay, then stepping off of this earth and facing an eternity uh, devoid of God, separated from God in hell, and, and then realizing, coming to the understanding that Jesus is Lord at that point. Uh, now's the time to surrender your life and everything that you are to Jesus and let him become Lord and Master and Savior of your life. Now, throughout this holiday season, there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen, Okay. Uh, a lot of you are going to give gifts, a lot of you are going to get gifts, a lot of you are going to eat Christmas cookies, and on Christmas Day we're going to eat some good food, right? We're going to overeat on Christmas Day, right? You know we're going to do it, okay? It just happens. Uh, you're going to sing Christmas carols, you're going to eat some hot cocoa. Uh, did I say eat hot cocoa or drink it? Did I really say eat hot cocoa? Okay. 
you can eat it just so you want you can uh it's really delicious that way i'm just saying uh let's move along before i lose my train of thought uh but here, here's what I want to do. You're going to spend time with family and friends, but I want to share with you some things that we all need to remember that Jesus, he came to this earth and he's born as a human being, just like it says here in Philippians chapter two. I want us to remember some things about Christmas and about Jesus, okay? Because this is huge. Three things I want to teach you today. First of all, that Jesus came to clean up my messy life, okay? Now I'm not talking about you know, maybe if your house is a mess right now, because all our house, you know, gets a mess sometimes. Last night, Stacy said, man, the kitchen's a mess. And so I got in there and, and worked on it for a little while, and, and I cleaned it all up, washed the dishes so she wouldn't have to do that. And she walked in, and she says, oh, it looks nice. She was working on clothes. I was working on the dishes. Oh, it looks really nice. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in here. I'm talking about the, the mess sometimes that we make within our life, the things that we get ourselves into the decisions that we make that don't turn out quite the way that we thought that they would. And, and here's what happens. The devil, he lies to us. And some of you in this room right now, the devil is lying to you. He's telling you things like, hey, you shouldn't be here. God, God he can't do anything with you. He, he can't, the stuff that you got going on, ooh, God, there's no way in the world God could ever fix that. You got some issues. You got some, some things in the past that, man, if other people knew about, whoo, man. And he lies to you and makes you think that God can't deal with the things within your life or you're not worthy of God being able to deal with the things within your life. But the Bible tells us a couple of things. First of all, it reminds us that the devil is a liar, okay? In fact, it, it, it titles him as the father of all lies. He loves to lie to keep us from God's best for our lives, and another thing that the Bible tells us is that there's not one person that is righteous. All of us are messed up because of sin. All of us are in need of God's grace. All of us are in need of God's forgiveness for our life. Do this for me. Everybody look around in this room and just smile at people. Come on, look, all, look behind you. Look to the side. Smile at somebody. Give them a high five. Say, what's up? Okay. Now, look back at me. You just interacted with some imperfect people, okay? Because all of us are imperfect. Here's what we got to do, though. We don't want to get to the point where we say, you know what, I'm messed up, and, and, and I'm just going to stay messed up. We got to get to the place where we say, God, I'm going to allow you, I, I, I surrender to you, and I want you to help me deal with the mess in my life. Because Jesus, you came to this earth to clean up my messy life, and I want relationship with you, and I don't want to stay where I am. I want to grow in relationship with you. And, and, and tomorrow, I might still be a little bit messy, but I'm not nearly as messy as I was the day before. Or next year, there might be some things in my life that you're working on and trying to get me over, but it ain't near like it was the year before because I'm growing and moving forward, and you are working on the things within my life. Jesus came to clean up my messy life. Amen? And here's the thing. I, I had a thought the other day. Uh, Stacy and I, uh, several years back, we got invited to go to the governor's mansion for a Christmas party. It was during Governor Jindal's first turn. He was really doing a good job, and we got this invitation in the mail, and and instantly we were kind of we were we were a little nervous about that, and because uh, you know I you had to get all dressed up. Stacy had to go buy you know like this nice little black dress, and and she had to she said I need a clutch, and I'm like what's a clutch? She said, well it's like a purse but it's smaller. I said, oh, you mean a small purse? 
she said, no, it's a, it's a clutch, okay? I'm like, well, a clutch is something that's in a truck. You push down and shift gears. And so, anyway, it was a whole thing. Uh, so, we, I, I, got, I had a fairly new suit. I got it out and I dressed up, cinched that tie up. Some of y'all in here never seen me in a suit. Y'all are like, you actually have suits? Yes, I do. Uh, and so, I, I put my suit on and Stacey got all dolled up in her, her dress. And, and we drove to the governor's mansion. And I remember we got there, it was all lit up, and there were people everywhere. And we get there, and there's people ushering people in, you know, like, you go through here, you know. And I remember walking in, and it was so beautiful, and I didn't, I didn't want to touch anything, because I was afraid to touch stuff. Like, I break something, you know, or like, agents going to rush out and, like, take me down, you know, taser me and stuff. And then we go, there's this big old tree, and, and they got the food, and the food was, was, was amazing, and it's like, you know, you, you, you get your, your little plate there, and you got the little napkin and the little thing of punch, and you got your little hors d'oeuvres, and, and, and you, you don't want to really eat a whole lot, because then you go up to somebody, and you're like, hello, how you doing? You got like spinach in your teeth. It was just, it was nice, but it was very formal. It was very, very elegant. And so eventually Stacy and I, and, and you know, we're making our way around. There were some people we knew and we're talking to them. But then they usher us in and there, there was the governor and his wife next to the Christmas tree. And we, we walked over to there and we, we stood there and we took a picture. <laughs> and, and we spent some time then we left. And I got to tell you something, I, I was nervous as all get out being there for that Christmas party. Didn't want to break anything, didn't want to touch anything. But one of the things I noticed while we were there, how nice everything was and how formal everything was. And here's a thought that I had in regards to, you said, what does this have to do with Christmas? I had the thought, Jesus should have been born in the nicest mansion that the world has to offer. Jesus should have been born in the greatest palace with the nicest, uh, you know, uh, decor and the nicest, greatest servants all around him. That's how he should have been born, Right? that's not how he was born Jesus was born in the messiest place that you can imagine Jesus was born probably in one of the smelliest places you can imagine you ever been in a barn it has a certain odor okay it has an ambiance about it okay and that's where Jesus was born surrounded with with animals laid in a manger with, with hay as padding that that's how Jesus came into this world. And, and here's the thought that I have by that, because the enemy lies to us and says, ain't, ain't no way God could ever touch the mess that your life is. But Jesus came to this earth born into a messy situation because he specializes in fixes, fixing messes in this world. He can take the messiest, most messed up life that you ever imagined, and he can turn it around with his grace, his forgiveness, his love. And he can turn that life into something that will shine for the glory of God. Jesus is not intimidated by your mess, but he can clean the mess up within your life. Amen? And so we look here in Scripture. I love Luke chapter 2. I read this every year, usually at our Christmas at Journey Service. I'm going to read a part of it to you today. Uh, the shepherds, they, you know, the angels appeared to them, and they're, they're nervous. And it says, the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Two phrases there. Good news, great joy. 
Jesus came to this earth, and through his birth, through his death, through his resurrection, it brings the good news of the gospel to us. But it also brings great joy to, the, to us because of the life that he brings to us through what he did for us. And so I, I love that. And here's one of the things we need to understand. Everybody in this room, I don't care who you are, we all have regrets. We all have mistakes in our life that we have made. But Jesus came to this world to turn our life around and clean up the mess so often that we have made of our lives. And you need to get that within your heart. And here's what I want to tell you. That little card that you got earlier on your seat, you came in and, and you need to understand that he also came to clean up the mess that maybe is in your friend's life, your co-worker's life. And it's up to us as the body of Christ to do our part simply maybe to invite somebody to share with them the good news of the gospel. And we make this very easy for you guys this next week to be able to invite somebody to come out to hear the good news of the gospel that could bring great joy to their life. So Jesus, we look at Christmas time, he came to clean up my messy life. The next one is one that I love. Jesus came to bring value. Everybody say value. He came to bring value to my life. Now, how many of you like to sing Christmas songs? How many of you don't know all the words to the Christmas songs? I, I just make stuff up, okay? How about, you know, uh, that song, God bless you, you know, you marry whatever. God bless you, Mary, gentlemen. Dun, 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 dun. When our Christ, our Savior, was born on Christmas Day. Dun, 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 Oh, tidings of our comfort and joy. I forgot that we were streaming this service, okay. <laughs> this may make, this may make, uh, get broken down into a little, uh, little special that they're going to put out for everybody on Facebook. <laughs> the point is this, we don't know all the words to the Christmas song, carols many times. And if you're anything like me, I just, just make stuff up, you know. Uh, and I'll sing it until I get to the part that I know. Then I'll really belt it out. And so the people around me are like, man, he, he knows the words to the song. No, I don't, okay. And there is a song that we sing that a lot of times people do not know the, the words. It's Oh Holy Night. And remember, we're talking about Jesus came to bring value to our life, okay. The song Oh Holy Night, a lot of times people, they don't really really understand this. Put, put the up for me. Look at this. It says, one of, the, one of the, the lines, Oh holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he, who's he? Jesus. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. That phrase right there, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. What does that do? It reminds me that Jesus came to this earth to bring value to my life. You say, well, what is the big deal about the word soul? Because we all have a body. Reach over and, and poke your neighbor in the arm. That's the body, okay? We all have a, a spirit. That is the part of us that is reborn. We all have a soul. That is con what contains the mind, the will, and the emotions. And guess what? The enemy loves to appeal to our emotions. He loves to get us emotional. He loves to do things to try to discourage us, depress us, get us in despair through our soul, our emotions. 
And in our emotions and our soulless room, he begins to say things like, you are worthless. You will never amount to anything. God could never do anything in your life. God could never clean up your mess. And in your soulless realm, your emotions, he wrecks havoc. And you need to understand that Jesus came to this earth to bring, not just to deal with the mess in your life, but he came to bring value to your life. And in your, your soulish realm, he, he can deal with the, with the spirit and it's reborn through him. But in the soulless realm, he can say, you know what? I came to bring worth and value to your soul to help you be healed within the emotional realm so that no longer would discouragement overwhelm you. But now you can know who you are as one of my children, one of my sons, one of my daughters. And you can move forward in this world walking out the purpose, the plan, because of the worth and the value that I have placed upon your life. God wants to bring worth to your soul and to your life. And folks, listen to me closely. We live in a world that is constantly telling people that they are valueless. They are hopeless. The legacy offering that we received last week, and we're here in a little bit, we're going to receive it. We do it two weeks if you're new here at Journey, that's something that we only do that once a year. And last year, we took the legacy offering and we built a brand new care point down in Belize. This year, we're going to do two things with it. We're going to uh, build another care point in Belize, but we're also going to host a, a camp for foster children through an organization called Royal Family Kids Camp. And somebody asked last week, they said, well, well that sounds great, but like, like what is it? Like, what, what do they do? And probably one of the greatest things that I could do is to share with you a video this morning of a young lady's story. And she felt worthless until she met Jesus. And he brought value to her life. And so today at, at the end of the service when we receive this offering, this is one of the differences that can be made through your giving. So check out this video and listen to Samantha's story. For over two decades, Royal Family Kids has been confronting abuse and changing lives. They serve children who have been neglected, children who have been the innocent victims of every type of abuse imaginable. Royal Family Kids has introduced hope into the story of thousands and thousands of children of abuse. This is Samantha's story. Someone called to get me out of my house, and I have no idea who it was. All I know is the police showed up at the door with social workers and caseworkers, and um, I don't know who called. And I was like, it was an angel then. You know, God was, was there with me, and he was like, okay, it's time for this to end. And he made someone feel compassionate enough to call, and that's how I was saved. If Samantha had not been taken out of her um, original home, she probably would have wound up dead at some point. And nobody would have known and nobody would have missed her because nobody knew about her. Samantha was considered to be the worst case of abuse um, in Greene County, Missouri. I was abused from five to eight. So at five, most kids don't remember a lot. But from what happened to me, I remember just about everything. Memories of um, what my dads did to me you could tell she had been an abused kid. She has lo had lots of scars on her body. Her hair was really messed up, very tiny, had been malnourished. I never knew 
um, what was going to happen, when was going to happen. So I was scared most of the time. Samantha had to use liquid soap if she wanted to brush her teeth. She had to eat on the floor. When she was thirsty and didn't want the parents to hear the water running, so she took off the back of the toilet and scooped up water in the back of the toilet to drink. When I'd be taken to the basement to get beaten, I'd be like, am I gonna get out of here alive? So there's still times in life where like something happens or someone says something and it just like hits me and it's just like a slap in the face. When I first met her at camp, um, she never smiled. There was nothing happy in my life, so why would I need to be smiling for anything? By the end of the week of camp, she was smiling. We have pictures of her smiling, uh, which was just an amazing change. You know, it was the best week of my life, my summer. For the first time in eight years, I had fun, and I was treated like a normal kid. These were the very first of my life. I don't remember any time in the past where I was given a gift. She had never um, been swimming, she had never been fishing, she, just a lot of things that she had never done before. She was very eager um, to participate in all the activities. But these are the first where you're just extremely happy. And um, 10 years later, I still remember them. And this camp is important, it does change lives. We're, we're there to touch these kids, but at the same time, these kids touch our hearts as well. my name He knows my every thought He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call Samantha was just like on the, the edge of her seat just waiting for the opportunity to come back to camp um, and to serve. I get to be a counselor for the first time, and I am so excited. I cannot wait till then. This is my chance to make a difference in their life. Never going to camp would completely have changed my life. You know, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be with the family I was. You know, that's where I met my mom. She fell in love with me there. I think a week can make an amazing difference um, in a child's life. If Samantha hadn't have gone to royal family, I just wonder, would she have the hope? Would she have the successes? Would she have the achievement? And not going to camp, would I still be bouncing from foster family to foster family? Um, would I have ended up, you know, on the streets, running away without camp, you know? Life would completely be different. I think God saw Samantha, he looked down on this little girl, and I think he just, um, I think he has intervened. Um, she was a child that should have had so many difficulties, so, so many problems, so many disorders to overcome. And to look at where she was and where she is today, I mean, God's just done a huge work in her life. What a beautiful story, huh? I think of a story like that and a little girl who's raised in a hopeless situation, being told that there's no value to her life, and that through the camp we're going to offer in the summertime that we can take a group of kids that may be in a very similar situation and share the hope that Christ can bring to them. Let them know that they are valuable because of what Jesus did for them at the cross. 
I, I, I love this because, you know, somebody would say, well, well how is it possible to love like that? First John 4, 19 says, we love each other because he first loved us. In other words, Jesus came to this earth and went to the cross because of the tremendous love that he has in his life for all of us. And Jesus came to clean up the, the mess in our lives. He came to bring value to us. But here's what's last, is that Jesus came to heal my broken heart. Now, here's a thought. Have you ever been around somebody who's difficult before? You ever been around somebody who's angry? Just, just angry. And maybe you look at that person and they're difficult to be around. Maybe during the holidays is the time that you see that person and you're around them. And you kind of you prepare yourself. You kind of brace yourself. Because you know that they're going to say things that are going to be abrasive. They're going to do things that's going to be aggravating. You know what I'm talking about? And here's the thought that I have. People are the way they are for a reason. There's an old saying that, that hurting people hurt people. That when you're hurting, whenever something has happened within your life, a lot of times, instead of getting healed up, you turn around and you just take that anger and that bitterness and whatever it might be, you take it out on the people around you, you wind up hurting other people. And there's a saying I've shared with y'all before, hurting people hurt people, but healed people heal people. Jesus came to this earth so that he could heal the brokenness within my life, the brokenness within my heart. In fact, I love what Psalms 34, 18 tells us. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I don't know what you might be walking through right now. Maybe you're at a place where you are brokenhearted. Maybe you're at a place where, where you feel a little overwhelmed, you feel hopeless. Maybe you look at the, the mess that your life has become and you say, I, I don't even know if God can deal with this. And here's where I would tell you to put your thoughts. Think of a nativity scene. Well, what, what's in a nativity scene? What do you see there? What do you see? You see Joseph. Mary, see baby Jesus in the manger. What else do you see? What? Three wise men, sheep, some shepherds, the, a camel. That's good. Camels are awesome. Here's where I would ask you. Do you see yourself? Do you see yourself there? And the reason why I pose that question is this. It's because you are the reason that Jesus came. You are the reason Jesus was born. And it was because he loves you so much that it was through his birth that he had to come to this earth as a human to go to the cross and pay the price for your sins and my sins and the sins of the world. Today, He can bring healing to your heart and your life. Today, He can sort through the mess that maybe your life has become. And He can bring hope to you. And He can bring life to you. Let's pray together. Father, you're good. We love you and honor you. And thank you for your presence here with us today. 
as we talk about gifts. It's a big part of the holiday season, but Jesus, thank you for the gift that you came to this earth to bring us. The gift of grace and life and salvation and hope and forgiveness and relationship with you. Father, today is there ones here who maybe are walking through brokenness within their lives. Father, I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit that you would begin to heal their hearts, their minds, their spirits within their emotions where maybe the enemy is coming, just got them worked up. I pray for your healing touch within their lives today. I pray that the areas where maybe they have begun to feel that there, there's no hope or there's no worth there, that Holy Spirit, today you would bring value to them. Show your love for them. Lord, the mess that comes along with life the regrets. I pray that today forgiveness would be extended and that today that Lord you would help people begin to move forward from the things that they've gotten themselves into. That Lord they lay things down at your feet and trust you and that Lord as they surrender to you that you help them to move forward. Today every eye closed, every head bowed I want you to know that today, during this holiday season, I I don't know what you're walking through. I just don't want you to walk through it without Jesus. And today, relationship with Jesus is found in one word. It's surrender. It's surrendering your life and everything that you are to him and letting him become the Lord and the master of your life. Maybe some of you in this room, you've never done that before. You've never taken that step. Or there might be others in this room who it's time for you to renew your commitment to Christ. Your heart has gotten distant from God. You've allowed sin to creep back into your life. And today, you know that you need to get your heart and your life right with God all over again. And so today, where you are, it's time for you to talk to God. To get things settled. To get your heart right with Him. And today where you are, just pray and say something like, Jesus, thank you for loving me the way you do. You would come to this earth, be born in the messiest of situations for me. Jesus, today I receive what you did at the cross for me. It was a tremendous act of love. And today I admit, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. That I am messed up. But Jesus, you can deal with my mess. And today, I ask for your forgiveness. And through your precious blood, may you make me brand new today. I surrender to you. I give you everything that I am. And Jesus, today I ask you to be my Savior. And I confess that you are Lord of my life. Thank you so much for bringing value and worth to me. Thank you so much for bringing your healing touch into my life. And thank you so much for letting me step into your family. In Jesus' name I pray. What's everybody say together? Can we give the Lord a good hand clap today? Man, God is so good.